0: Welcome to Mo Man Talk, I'm your host Shi Samoa on episode 29. We're bringing a gentleman back and this gentleman was on episode 6, Man in the Mirror. This guest is called Lang Show. Lang is previously a radio host at KPNP 1600 AM. He also started a company called Millennials R Us. I'm super excited to have him on because on this episode it's called race drag. And guess what? We talk about our previous career choice. And that career was being an ex mechanic. Lang is also an ex mechanic, and I also talk a little bit about myself. I used to be an ex mechanic. But first, let's thank our sponsors and let's get right back into it. Today's sponsor is brought to you by Shiso's Menwear. Are you looking for the latest trendy men's fashion? Look no further. Shiso's Menwear carries handcrafted bow ties, ties, suit accessories, and everyday streetwear. They are your one stop, moan inspired men's shop. You can search them online at www xixomenswear.com now let's get back to the show Lang how's it going man
1: it's going well bro nice to see you again
0: yeah again thank you for coming on again and uh, having a open discussion again
1: yes yes excited man
0: for this episode we're going to talk about the fast life and the fast lane and this is called the fast track and racetrack correct yes sir wow i'm a big gearhead it seems like you are too
1: i uh been doing it all my life you know you see your older siblings do it and uh my older brother is a volkswagen 30 year senior mechanic of course and uh he's a fanatic about the european crowd so i just kind of followed suit
0: was he a big brother that got you into being a grease monkey and racing cars and such
1: yeah, he he talks so highly of it. You know, he made good money. You know, he bought his race cars, GTI, vr 6 and and it, I was hooked right away. You know, and drove a six-speed, and even just not only that, you see a lot of things on the uh, on the TV that you know you got hot import models, Skunk Two, all those cool names and brands. I was hooked. I mean, I hear you got a uh, you got a little dabble in that industry as well.
0: That's correct. That's correct. I could elaborate more on that. But first, we're focused on you. Got it. You, uh, you drive, uh, recently drive, what's it, what's it? in your garage? AP1 a- S2K?
1: No, that's, uh, that's my uncle's, right? I use okay. that for uh, marketing, but uh, he's been doing a lot of things to it uh, as well. I am currently out of that industry and I'm looking to build my own racetrack, hopefully soon.
0: Oh, so now now we're building a car, but we're building a race track.
1: Got to cultivate the uh, millennials one way or another, right? Mm -hmm.
0: And also, it does keep it more safer. Do it in the track, guys. I repeat that a little bit louder. Do it on the track, man. Because we hear enough stories of street racing that's gone really sour and bad.
1: I uh I live right by 694 over here in Brooklyn Center, right? I'm right by that retaining wall. Man, every single night it sounds like nowadays they stop dead center and they just go at it back and forth back and forth. There's some pretty powerful cars out there. So if you guys are listening to this, whoever you are, yeah. Hm.
0: Mm. Must be a uh, Katang, no pun intended though. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh Let's let's go way back. You said your brother was a gearhead. He turned turned you to a gearhead. You are were you in high school thinking about going to college for a mechanic?
1: I was. And was. I, I took advantage of their vocational program, right? When you're a junior in high school. They give you that option to go half day high school, half day college if you're doing well. Well, I wasn't doing well because of my attendance, but I still took advantage of the program and they paid for my first two years of ASC certification, which is all you need to get ASC certified to take the test. And so uh, my junior, my senior year, I went to college half day after uh, during lunch and uh, learned a lot, at least on paper. Uh, You really don't need it, but uh, took my ASC certification in suspension, failed my brake test and yeah.
0: All in all, you did have your AC certified, so that's great.
1: In suspension, yes.
0: For those who are listening, I highly uh, recommend trade school if you might not have the smarts. At least you have a good, a hard worker. Uh, trade school definitely gets you busy in the labor industry,
1: gets you the salary, right? I mean, it makes you competitive. And if you can just present that badge, that little thing that you sew onto your shirt, to the uh, shop owner you're automatically hired with way more pay
0: and that skill set could carry on to any uh to any any place now
1: if you're looking for work in that field yeah you, you know dealerships all that stuff um uh, dealerships are the way to go they treat you well and they're most of them are union and so they'll 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 keep you there
0: after you got out of school, you went. I mean, after you got done with um, tech school and yeah, uh, AC certified, you went to, you were wrenching. You started out at a fl- a Fleet Farm and yep. then you were there for a couple of years and then you went to Honda and yep. you're wrenching for, you were, were master tech at Honda?
1: I wish. No, I was loop tech. <clears throat> and the leadership there was, the management there wasn't the, the best, right? And uh, the place didn't run all too well. So I got sick of it, got um, burnt out. And decided I didn't want to wrench anymore. It's too dirty, too smelly, you know, all that stuff. So, but I still liked cars and my thing, I had a thing for tires. Like I'm a tire guy. Every parking lot I go to, i am be like, yep, those tires are bald. That's a Michelin. That's a Pirelli. Uh, that's a BFG. Those suck. You know, I'm always looking at tires in parking lots every time I walk by cars. And uh, I decided why not go to discount tires. And I, I, I spent my, I spent about 12 years there.
0: At Discount Tires, 12 years. How long were you in the actual car industry total?
1: Oh, man. Let's say uh, 16 to 20. About, I didn't quit Discount Tires until 23, but I kept fixing cars as a side job. I still do it today just to make a little extra g- income on the side. And to help individuals, really, I just do it to help people.
0: You uh, ever hopped up your own cars back then? Tool. What were they?
1: What, what, what are you talking about?
0: Your own personal cars back then when you were building cars. What were they? And did had, you hop up? Had, was it modified?
1: Yeah, I had a four-door 95 Accord sedan with a T3, T4 Turbonetics setup all the way around. Uh, <clears throat> unfortunately... I was so, such in a hurry to race it that I didn't wait to tune it. And I ended up uh, blowing it up and it caught on fire on the highway on 94 and uh, 280. For those of you who remember back in 2010. That quite sucks. Quite a show. Yeah, it did suck. I watched that $30,000 investment, which is what I spent from beginning to end, uh, burn right in front of my eyes. Poof, gone. And ever since then, I've just been kind of lowering my vehicles and that's about as far as I go.
0: Hmm. So pretty much a 30,000 bill turned to a $300 set of drop springs nowadays.
1: Yeah, that's about (laughs) about 800 bucks uh, worth of case boards. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, back then when we were modifying cars, I mean, guys, we're both in the late thirties and car parts for a drop spring. And let's say it was a brand. It was, it was retardedly like $800 for a two-inch drop, right? Yeah. Nowadays, you pick up as a call over a brand new one too for 800 bucks. I mean, the pricing of just uh, car parts has definitely, aftermarket car parts definitely has like, I guess, maybe saturated or decreased, but some of the product is still very well as long as it's a brand name.
1: Yeah, I think uh, when I looked at the numbers, it's a $70 million industry right now. And that, that's on the uh, uh, conservative side. And it's growing um, in terms of the parts market. Uh, there's quite a few uh, demographics and data out there that supports it. It's only because there's nothing else to do, right? I mean, uh, Minnesota is trying to move to transit. And they're not even asking the millennials, hey, no, what about us? Because the millennials don't even care. So that's the direction Minnesota's going. It is
0: definitely growing aftermarket car industry those are familiar with the car industry uh it's called SEMA and I've been there to that show a couple times it's definitely a growing industry of, of very modified cars for those who could get in you need to be you know a vendor or a license fin I highly recommend you ever had a chance to go there some of the builds there are like stupid money man stupid money and it's some of just Beautiful builds because uh, they come from the
1: best of the best shop that's out there. You ever been there before? I have. I've been there twice <clears throat> myself. Uh, Discount Tires awarded me uh, a reward for having the best sales. Yeah. It's jaw dropping
0: how much money and cars and not only that, but you get to network you're obviously in the uh, industry too. And that's the great part of it. Yes, sir. When you, uh, we back in the days when you had your accord and all, were you one of the dumb kids that went out street racing? Uh,
1: yes. I, I still go out street racing today. I don't do the actual racing of it, but to promote it, um, I go out and film these individuals. Some of the practice that they're doing today are a lot safer, believe it or not, than they do it back in the day. Um, yeah. I...
0: I highly enjoy, Now I'm a big car guy myself, too. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But I'm a big car guy myself, too. And I enjoy just going out to racetracks to watch and to really enjoy the atmosphere of it, of just engine revving and, and loud pipes and just the drilling rush of it. And, and there's days where it's like, you know, I just want to go to a simple car show and look at beautiful cars. Yeah. You still enjoy it too?
1: I Man, I, I, there's these secret shows. I don't know if you know, but they on Friday nights and Saturday nights in the summertime, they go to parking ramps and kick it on the top floor all the time at midnight. They wait until 3 a.m. and then they go and race out on the, on the highways. And a lot of the times the cops know they're actually waiting on the ramps for us to get off. But they tell us to hurry up and get on with it just to get it out of our system and move. And when they allow us to do it, We do it safely, right? Because they know that there's no one on the highway at the time. For those of you who know, Brooklyn Park and 610 by Noble area over there, don't race over there anymore, right? If you go and race on 694, they'll let you do it. Just, you gotta be very, very cautious when it comes to vehicles on the road and don't stop traffic. If you're gonna roll race, you can roll race.
0: I think it's better to have what you want in your dream of you, what you wanted to do, Lang. You said you wanted to vote an actual racetrack
1: for these gentlemen. And a lot Keeping of people, it safe, safe, man. Keeping it really safe. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of guys are saying, you know, how are you going to do that? I don't know if you know, but there's a Mankato track coming up. But it's not a, it's not a worldwide racetrack, right? Not, a, not something for F1 or, GD, or GP, GP uh, racing. Uh, there was one uh, recently in Farmington. And I know the developer there. Uh, they didn't get it because the baby boomers uh they wrote a petition against the noise ordinance and they could not come up with a reason as to why they they could justify the noise and so they canned that entire project they spent a million dollars on it already gone down the drain and right now there's one going up in mankato and they're trying to petition against it because of the noise
0: it it just can't do nothing about that man it's, you know, it's, it, the noise is going to be there.
1: Right. And so what do you do? Right. I mean, how do you get intact with these elderly? I mean, the, even those guys, they use that model of, Oh, this will be uh, $5 billion in the economy. It'll add 46,000 jobs. Um, it's not only going to be used for racing. It'll be used for like an event concert for Bruno Mars and Beyonce and Jay-Z. It'll attract global tourism, all that stuff. But the thing is, they pitched it in that way. It'll save car accidents. It'll help with the death rate. It'll help with uh, uh, the lack of funding for maintaining our roads. That didn't even fly, right? Because they forgot one important thing: the seniors. They don't care about anything else other than their peace. They wanna. They're about to die. They know that within the next decade, and they just want to die in peace and quietness. What they don't What they didn't try was, you know, the the number one thing in business. You have to always give before you receive. It's easier to ask after you've given something for free. Well said. Yeah. I hope that
0: racetrack and race dream comes true. Because I'd be sure to be a heck, maybe a contender or the audience, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's it's huge, you know. I think it'll bring new technologies to Minnesota, which we're lacking nowadays. Right? We don't have that tech field anymore. We're losing it.
0: For those who are going into the automotive industry, any word of uh, advice?
1: Yeah, uh, work hard and work towards leadership, because you can't wrench when you're 55 years old. Your back will not be there your knees will give out work towards management. And I hate that word management. That's why I use the word leadership, Uh, cultivate, train and learn business. Because nowadays people are starting a nonprofit auto mechanic shop where you help single mothers, the uh, elderly fix their vehicles because they can't afford it because they don't pay for it. You get funders, you get those philanthropists, who see the value in you in terms of a leader. So if you train and you mentor and you also help people in need, the money will just fly your way.
0: I like that. You mentioned you still wrench on the side in your own garage for extra cash or you just help friends and family.
1: I just help friends and family mainly. Um, I'm, un, I'm a, very involved in the community. If there's like a really, really you know, serious case, I'll take it. It's not, it's not hard to do. I mean, I've got $25,000 worth of tools from my previous you know, occupations. Why not put them to use, right?
0: I'm going to talk a little bit on my side now
1: since I have the chance to
0: talk about this. A lot of the audience that's listening, I'm pretty sure you guys do not know I am an ex-mechanic, an ex-shop owner of a import shop here in Madison, Wisconsin. I used to own a car shop called Skunk Speed Shop, and it's a 15 years established business. We did a, a lot of modified cars, and we did a lot of repairs in cars. I enjoyed every moment of it. Go back to where you said, I can't be 55 because my back's going to break
1: wrenching, man. i take tell you that. Heck, I'm, I'm in my 30s and I feel it already. I'm totally with you on that one. And that's what my brother actually warned me about. He's like, man, you know, you're going you're gonna to be a good mechanic one day, but don't be like me and do it until you're in your 40s, which is, he is today. It's a young man's game. It is, very much so.
0: But I do enjoy, for those who are listening and want to be in the field, uh, whether you want to go to school and get AAC certified and work for a dealer or in my example, be a car owner, car shop owner. I encourage both. It's a different path in both, but all in all, I prefer and recommend it being a car shop owner. You have control of everything. Obviously, it's your shop. Your rates are yours. I could tell you that's double your work load because you're not only the car wrench guy. You're your own PR. You're your own janitor until you start hiring and leveraging that. From the beginning, it's a whole lot of hard work to be your own shop and to be the janitor and to be your customer service. All on all in all, but what I'm saying, I did it, and I did this in my early 20s. And if I could do it, you could do it. So just a word of encouragement for those who are listening who wants to be in the car industry or wants to start up a shop. It was a long hard working road for myself starting a car shop and i started from very very humble beginnings of not having anything i, I literally wrenched from my mom's driveway to a shop uh, to to start a little shop back with someone's building then one day when i hit that breaking point that was the day i opened my car shop and i never ever look back from that day So for those who are listening, I hope you feel the same, too, that if you want to start a car shop, I encourage it. The automotive industry, uh, it's it's a great trade. We need cars, and cars are like your pair of shoes nowadays, and those pair of shoes do get broken, and we need men or women needs to service them. Um, So I totally enjoy the industry. However, I do I am out of that industry now, but i love it. And uh I definitely, you know, love reaching out on my own cars nowadays. Lang. Yes, sir. Um you know with AC certified, how much did it
1: cost you? I don't even remember, man. That was two thousand and five. Wow. You, about- would you say about ten grand or so? Don't uh, quote I- me. Don't quote me on that. Nope. I, I'm pretty sure it was less than that. I think it was about 300 bucks to take the test.
0: Okay. But then your, your tool says 30 grand. Sorry. <laughs> You're talking about the tools, the tools and your, your AC certified in your school. and awesome, Then
1: school is free. Thankfully through a vocational program in high school, which by the way, all the schools in Minnesota offer that right now, you should take advantage of it for those of you who are in high school uh, and want to become a mechanic. Um, but to, to loan off all of the tools and and uh, ASC certification, uh, all the gear, gloves, ma- uh, miscellaneous stuff, probably spent over forty five grand total in my whole career. Easily, that's on the sh- that's on the conservative side. Are you humble to tell how much you have made? To- oh, way more than that! Holy cow! Uh, when I was at uh, just doing it on the side and working at the dealership, I was probably making at least upwards of 110 K a year. And most of it came from side jobs because I could do them so quick. I am humble to say that my numbers are definitely.
0: Yeah. Six figure two for a shop owner. I'm not yeah. going to yeah say the numbers, but for sure. Yeah. Uh, definitely there. And I had guys who worked for me too, who were ASC certified. I am not AC certified, but I have people who work under me who are AC certified and I pay them accordingly to the job. So again, you know, there's, for a shop owner, there's so many younger men and women that's going for trade school and um, are learning the trades and they will always come to shop owner like myself, they're asking for jobs and I'm picky, I'm really picky to choose who I employ. So, but having an extra person is always great. And it, the business is grown from there. flourishing in my business. And you know what? To this, to this day, I have, I still have people who hit me up. Like, Hey man, let's, uh, you, uh, you want to do this? You want to do this exhaust for me?
1: <laughs> I
0: am, um, I am humbled to hear that. That's when you know you do really good work. And I am humble because those individuals do not know that I don't have a car shop anymore. I'm very humble to, to say, look, I'm humble. I'm, I'm sorry I don't have the car shop anymore. But that speaks volume and you know you do really good work. And my location, my shop was not, you know, the middle of town. It was kind of like right at the edge of town. So what I'm trying to imply is if you do great
1: work, they will find you. They'll come to you. So,
0: laying with the the car industry
1: in the in in uh Twin Cities, do you see it growing too? I do, and and here's the numbers, right? Uh, Minnesota has the highest profit per unit. So every single thing they sell, they uh, upsell it about fifty percent. The normal cost is forty percent uh, in the nation, and that's discount tire numbers, right? Uh, they're also the highest grossing, uh, stores in, uh, America in terms of the overall region of it. And, you know, Minnesota is the sixth richest state in the United States. Right. Uh, but they have the least, uh, dense population. So we have a lot less people per mile than any other state out there. We like to spend money in other words, and, and, uh, we're the only state uh, that averages two cars per person per household. So we're driving a car in the wintertime. We're driving it in the summer, uh, a car in the summertime. We love our cars here in Minnesota. We do. And we love our old school cars, right? Uh, we stick to those, uh, you know, OBD1, the beginning OBD2 uh, vehicles uh, in the early 2000s and, the, and even in the early 90s, we still got a lot of those around. Uh, United States-wise, according to the SEMA show, it's a $7.2 billion, with a B, dollar industry each year. Uh, 16 to 24-year-olds who spend that kind of money. It's ridiculous. I mean, I think it's just growing.
0: I am guilty. I am those kids that were building cars. And I can tell you personally, I my first car in high school, I have an old 94 DC2. Uh for those who don't know 94 Acura Integra, a US spec GSR. And to this day I still have that. And it's very modified. And my other personal car that's kept in the garage is a super old to late 80s Toyota. It is one of the most uh wanted cars out of any kid who wants this car, and it is an old 86 Corolla. <laughs> and I uh and knowing me, I'm a I'm a gearhead, so guess what? I stuff an f20 s2k motor in it <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome you know so you know i always love building my own cars and uh especially i'm a, you know i'm a big i'm a big Jap fan in cars i'm a big uh, import guy so those are my personal cars and my daily driver like you said i'm just i got old uh old late uh 07 camry <laughs> unmolested camry man what's your daily dude
1: I got an '07 Accord V6 six-speed, right? One of those rarer ones that I had to fly to Washington D.C. and drive it back. I'm still kind of—I still got a little bit of it in me, and uh, I lowered it on some K sports. But as far I, as far I, are
0: you—are you calling me out for a heads-up race?
1: <laughs> I should I mean, yeah, I like
0: my old school. Man, g- good old days. Good old days. Yeah, it brings me back. Do you? uh you know, for the younger kids that you want to encourage in this automotive industry, you said leadership and learn it well. I totally agree on that too. Because again, with wrenching, you your back is going to give, man. You know, I'm in my late thirties and I feel it already. But I again, I'm glad I don't have the car shop anymore. But I did feel that and learning leadership and becoming a wrench a gear a gearhead and wrenching. I've come to find out a majority of those guys become like sales guys and you're one of them, right?
1: I am. I, uh, and you, if anybody here who's been you know, working for discount tire, who's actually been there, they got a pit pit crew uh, style mentality. They don't really raise the vehicle all the way up and they're really good about teaching leadership. I mean, they instill it into you numbers, finances, management, cultivating integrity, how to take care of your people, how to take care of your customers, how to grow and how to have a can-do attitude, all that good stuff. It teaches you how to establish your own vision, uh, your philosophies, um, all that stuff. Make sure that you're paying it forward, teaching it forward, mentoring forward when you've made it to the top. Because once you, you know, dominate a mountain, you've climbed and made it to the peak, you got to come back down and reflect. And while you're reflecting uh, and you get to the bottom, you take somebody up that same mountain with you. That way uh, you become a a master, you know? Like the old saying goes, uh, you can't become a master until you've helped someone else master themselves. Preach.
0: That ends our episode. If you haven't yet, visit our official website at www.momentog.com or like and share us on Facebook at Momentog.
1: Who also believes in building family values. She believes not only in investing in your future, but also investing in your present moment. Creating time and memories with your family. If you have any insurance needs or any questions, please don't hesitate
0: to call her at the link below. Also a special thanks to DJ Peter for using his beats, you can check him out at YouTube.